Welcome back to Philosopher Change Podcast with me, Adam Guthrow. This week we have another guest for you. It's going to be Ed from Ed, Ed Balloon. It's a it's a music group that's out in California right now, and they're going to be across the whole country at, at some point soon, as soon as this quarantine stuff is over. So uh, he's basically going to talk about his whole background and how he got started in music and uh, where he is now. And you're really in for a treat here because the music is amazing, and we're going to showcase it after the interview so you can hear a song, and then you can make sure that you go listen to him anywhere and everywhere. All right guys enjoy sante don't tell anybody though please no i hate racists what are they gonna do i'm kidding i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. i do still hate racists though but hey I I, i'm with you too for very obvious reasons <laughs> right <laughs> all right um, yeah all right um Ed. so Edmund. Edmund. So here we are with a uh, with Ed Balloon. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, it's probably because you're on the East Coast and you're ignorant. So I mean, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Hi, I'm Edmund, um, also known as lead singer of Ed Balloon. Um, I am a singer. I am an entertainer. All right. <laughs> How long have you been in the, the industry for? Um, that's a hard question. Isn't it? Because I don't know if I'm in the industry. But I think if you're in the industry, you're like mainstream. I'm not there. Um, but how long have I been doing music? I've been doing music. Okay. Uh, let's say officially, whatever that means, because I'm still not mainstream. And I think a mainstream is probably officially. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm going in circles here. Um, in circles here. Um, it's okay. But I would say that I officially started making music in 20, like putting music out for people to consume or listen to, um, 2014. 2014. Under the name Ed Balloon. Okay, so what I would like to do is go back before before that record's ever released, before that first song, the first YouTube video, before the first anything. Uh, what's going on that attracts you to music? What's that, what's that calling? You know, what's that? Is there a moment? Is there a day for you? Or is it something that's gradual? Um, for me, I always have a song in my head. Or I can, like, I can be in this in an environment that I can just wake up and have a song, like a melody. So I think, I don't know if that's strange or not. I don't know if other singers also wake up that way or like live that way. But um, yeah, like I was some, I will be walking in or listening to a song to say, let me just say I'm listening to another song and I would make a song, my own song while listening to that song. And you did that while you were a kid, just naturally? Um, while not, when I was a kid, okay, yeah. So when I was a kid, uh, I would listen to songs, and I would make my own songs up. But it wasn't as um, like now. I'm, I'm like, okay, I know what to do when I have this melody in my like in my in my head. But when I was younger, I just had like you know songs, right? So you just have these songs in your head and. Um, 
when I would listen to artists, I would pick the the most uh what's the word melodic points in the song, and I would remember like and I guess the the catchiest right. And I will right. always have them in my head, and then when I would want to like like write my own song, I would think of those melodies and somehow twist them up where it didn't sound like that song, but still good enough where it was like, oh, okay, this could be my song. So, so you would like break it down the song to figure out why is this catchy and then just try to manipulate it and see if it's still catchy? Yeah, but I think my my reasoning was more like, why do I like this song? Like, I like this song. So I want to do a song like this because I like yeah. it. So, okay, I like this song. How do I make it like this song? But not like this song because people are going to say, oh, that song's already out. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, how do I not? And, I'm my, and I'll just try to find a way to make it not sound like that song, but still sound like that song. And it, you, it took a while. <laughs> for me did, to you do the like, thing, okay. did you do the thing where you would uh, get a, like a, a cassette deck and then you'd get a blank tape in there, hit record oh, and sing? Man. <laughs> so when I was younger, um, <laughs> I and my, and my neighbor, we, we wanted to do, a, we, we made a group. And it was me, my little brother Theo, um, and him and his little and his two little sisters. And we made this group. Wow. And yes, we had he had a, a recorder in his house. And we had cassette tapes. And so oh, it was so ghetto. How we, old were you guys? <laughs> we were like nine and ten. Oh wow. Uh, cool. All right, let's hear this. <laughs> And so we would come together and we'll make a song and, but we had no beats or whatever. Right. So we're legit using hangers and we're hitting the, hang- <laughs> we're hitting the hangers on the floor and we're like, like making beats while we're singing. And it's like, it's none of us static. And we were, we were like, yeah, this is it. It sounds so good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember like we, we finished, we like would, do it multiple times like oh no it needs to sound right it needs to sound right and i'm like now I look at him like it was never gonna sound right you hear <laughs> like single track. what but we also try to send it to like these record labels man <laughs> oh god is it pan out or, or no we I, I i don't know whoever got that that um envelope with that cassette and that and and i don't know whoever got that cassette you know what though? Um, but God bless them. And I hope they don't know it was me. If you're ever it's, like insanely famous, um like worldwide famous, and somebody finds that that tape, it's gonna sell for millions at some auction somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Maybe because that, that's the kind of thing, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not um, saying like maybe musically it's not worth millions of dollars, but for the uh historically it could be. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't and I wouldn't want anyone to have something with someone like tone deaf on. I mean, yeah, unless you're tone deaf on it, and you just like, oh, yeah, I could see the growth. Yeah. <laughs> In my imagination, it's like a this is like a fundraiser event, you know, and uh, all the proceeds go to charity, so it, it's good for everybody. That's how that's how oh, I have no, to picture it. No, no, I take my I take my want people to 
uh, keep their money. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was like the beginning of like I would uh, we formed that group and <laughs> we broke up so many times. Um, Did you have artistic disputes over? <laughs> yeah, there were like I don't know those times were like Eddie. Um, my name is also Eddie to those who are like really close to me. Um, Eddie, you always you always need a single lead, and I'm like I'm the singer. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, well, because uh, there was it was like a rap sing group, so it ended up being just me being a singer, and you know, no one for some reason back then no one really liked to sing other than I don't know me, and everyone else wanted to be a rapper. So who didn't want um, to be a rapper? You know, so my little brother and my neighbor were like, they made, they formed like this rap trio. They added someone else into it. Um, and then I was there with my neighbor's sisters and we were singers. And then I was like, okay, let me just sing by myself later on. And we just became, I just became dope by just myself. Couldn't handle anymore. How, how long did this go on for uh, when you were in this, in this little first group here? <laughs> like how many songs did you guys come up with we came up with like i remember them there was a song called destiny there was a song called sometimes <laughs> and there was a song called case of the broken heart oh you should definitely redo that album today <laughs> just in all of its it clearly was oh god I know I, I sung it for my sister. I, I sang it for Nikki, and Nikki was like, okay. And, I, <laughs> okay. and this is my first time singing for her. And she doesn't, even, she doesn't even remember, because why would she? But I sang it for her, and, and I was like, she's like, oh, okay, you sound pretty good. And that was it. And, she, and I was like, really? I sound good? She's like, yeah, you sound good. And I kept asking her because this was my first time and I was really nervous. And oh, she's wow. like, I don't know why you keep asking me. Like, you you know, and she doesn't remember this. Like, I, she's like, I hate when people ask me, you know, over and over again if they sound good. I said what I said. What I said. But I was like 10 and 11, so I didn't even go through puberty yet. So, yeah, everyone sounds good when they're young, you know. That altar boy choir S voice. Yeah, because my, my voice changed. And I mean, I went through hell with like voice change yeah um, you don't sound like a little boy at all it's <laughs> no <laughs> i i came up during a time when i'm sorry i'm eating my i'm probably i'm probably the worst interviewer <laughs> hey do what you gotta do no uh, like, we had one guy out here the other day freebasing while we were talking so oh okay I'm kidding. That I mean, didn't happen. It's fine. My, <laughs> my, I was about to say, okay, they can do anything on here. Um, no, yeah, my my family hates how I eat, so I just know that this is. <laughs> um, but anyway, you gotta stay hungry. I'm just yeah, I'm hungry. I'm eating mangoes. Um, dried mangoes, they're great. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? I grew up at a time. I was coming up during a time where. In order for you to be a, considered to be a really good singer, you had to like be a tenor. So you had to have like a be a male and have a high voice. Yeah, I remember that. Even if that wasn't your age. And so I'm out here like 
going to single lessons and my voice is changing and I'm going to puberty and I'm like, now I'm like, now I'm like 14 and it hit me and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm cracking. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is what? Like I've been, I've been what is this? You know? And I'm getting upset. And so I, I got a job and I started paying for my own singing lessons. And they were like, oh yeah, you're just going through puberty. And I'm like, this is, they're like, this is natural. This is fine. And I'm like, is it though? I'm seeing these artists on TV who, you know, are singing like sopranos and, you know, they sound fine. They're not cracking and stuff like that. But, you know, like they also have voice teachers um, also, or um, they also probably didn't, you know, they're not going to, or the puberty, like I, when it hit me, like my voice, I had this high voice and it went to this. Yeah, your vocal range yeah. just changes completely. Yeah, and um, it definitely, I mean, it's natural, but someone who is growing up in this time and you have to be a certain type of singer or you're not going to be able to, uh, what's the word, break it, break into the industry or something like that, um, it, it, it becomes kind of traumatic. Um, and so I was out here trying to sound like other singers, which kind of led to uh, um, vocal problems myself. Um, so you were really which, emotionally invested into this, even even at 14 years old, that uh, this was a skill that you wanted to to nail. Yeah, and so I had to put it down. I mean, so I was 14 and I was doing it. 14, 15, 16, through high school. Then I went to college. And, you know, I also lived, you know, I, I didn't go my back, you know, I... How do you say this in the best way? We're poor. Um, so, like, you know, when you're poor and you're trying to be an artist and you live in the projects, there's just so many things that you have to take, in, take into consideration. And um, what is priority, though, is that you want to get out of the hood. You want to be able to provide for your family and you want to be able to, you know, not be poor anymore. Um, and so, like, of course, everyone, like my dream was always to become a singer. Like, yeah, I want to become a singer. But then I wasn't a singer yet. And um, it was also very difficult. Like, you know, it's, I'm like 16. I mean, yes, the internet's there. Facebook is there. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's not as lucrative as it was, as it is now. Yeah, it's um, a completely different landscape. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spotify maybe was out, but wasn't, you know, that huge yet or anything like that. Like, this was a time when you kind of still had to, like, get signed to get your music out or whatever. And I was like, okay, do I go to Berkeley or whatever? And I was like, no, doesn't seem um, that lucrative or whatever. So how about I just go to college? And I did. Um, what you go to college for? <laughs> so I went to college. Um, so I, I was going to go as a poli-sci major, like my sister, Cause I was like, fine, let me go to college and let me be a lawyer. Um, but that didn't work out. Um, I did. So <laughs> I, I studied philosophy, um, purposely for that reason. Um, how I got into philosophy because was because I was like, okay, let me be a lawyer. But really, um, or also like, and additionally, like my professor who I was just taking, 
um, because I needed a class. Um, Let me fast, let me back, let me rewind. Yeah, rewind. How I got into philosophy was kind of a fucked up reason, but also a beautiful reason. So I took a, so I went to, you know, I was going to, it was my first time in college. I, um, in Boston, I went, I went to like a predominantly black high school. So everyone's black, you know, and I, and I, where I lived was like all black people. Now it's gentrified. So it is what it is. But back then black people was everywhere. And I didn't know how much of an effect that had on me, um, a positive effect that, that had on me um, until I went to college and I was in a predominantly white setting and I was at my first class, which was a poli sci class, and I was afraid to speak. Oh. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is this is traumatic. And I was afraid college? to talk. Yeah. Um, I was afraid to speak because I was just like, okay, I know these white people. It was just everything was internal. Like you're like okay you're, you're talking to yourself like oh man i know these white people know that i feel like i can't speak correctly or eloquently or i'm dumb because i'm black and this and that and even if that wasn't what they were thinking right that's how you feel because of how media how the media portrays black people and i've never had that or felt that way until i was actually put in that space um so like, you know, like I never was able to prepare for that uh, because I was in a predominantly black high school, right? You know, that never came to my mind. I never felt like I was uh, less than until I was really put in that place. Because um, you, you see it on TV and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, there's racism, there's stuff like that. But when you're actually put in that space, you're like, oh, shoot. Like, you don't even have to have anyone call you the N-word or whatever. Like, it's felt. Like, there's this, there's this tone. There's this... Uh, yeah, there's this, uncertainty there. Yeah, there's this feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm the only one here. Am I supposed to be here? Oh my, okay, why am I the only one here? How come there's no more <laughs> Black people? Like, all these questions are going on. And you're... you're I get and you. It, it's, like, these questions could have been asked before you got, before you got there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? Um, but... You didn't, you didn't ask that. And especially someone who's coming from, you know, uh, you know, out of uh, the has a, you know, uh, that, that's poor, you know, like you don't have the luxury to ask these questions because, or like, fine, you can ask these questions, but what's gonna happen? You gonna leave the school? No. So there, that was there. And long story short, I like, so I, 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 I um, dropped that class and I was like, okay, I need a class because I'm not going to go in that class. I didn't feel comfortable in that class. Oh, wow. And I, but so my cousin who was black and who was at that school, thank God. Um, he was like, just take this philosophy course. This, this teacher named Dr. Lee um, or Professor Lee, he's, he's great. You're looking. And I was like, whatever. I don't really want to take philosophy. I love Jesus. Chill out. <laughs> and and he was like, no, just take it, just take it, you'll love it. I'm like, whatever, man. But I really needed a class. So I was like, fine, let me take it. And I took that class my first day. And I was like, wow, nah, this teacher is amazing. This teacher is brilliant. And he became my, uh, 
I was only at that school for like two years and then I transferred to like Brandeis, which was, which is in Massachusetts, which also gave me another culture shock, but whatever. Um, but um, that professor was hands down my best um, professor. Honestly, the, all the professors I had at school were like amazing. Yeah. Um, was and- the class the same dynamic where it's just you being the only black person in there and just the rest of the white people or is it? Honestly, this class had way more white people, but no, there was some black people in it. It was like a lecture hard class. Um, it had way more white people, but the Did professor it? was Asian. Mm. And I think it was more of the subject matter that really got to me and how I could connect that to my life uh, or how I was connecting it to my life. But also not, not only that, but the conversations I was having with him, I felt comfortable to have conversations with him. and. I'm not sure if it was just because he also was someone, I mean, he wasn't black, but he was someone who was not white, right? And that yeah. was enough for me to be like, okay, you know? But also, I guess he I, I, he made it, he made the space comfortable enough for me to want to engage in conversation um, and, and to uh, want to be a part of uh, his class. Um, and I remember we had this conversation and he was just like, yeah, we need more people, more students of color um, and stuff like that. We'll just have these conversations. And he definitely was someone who uh, helped me uh, in college just to get to get to get um, to get over that fucking burden or hump um, that college definitely put in my way. Um, without even understand, like I was not prepared for what for that, for that experience. I looked at college as being probably like really challenging, like, okay, the work is going to be hard, but I did not see, uh, I did not see like racism. And I don't know why, I, I guess, it, I, I really don't know why, because I'm black and I know it's, they, they, I, you know, we knew, I knew it always existed, but I didn't see it. I just, I just never really had to experience it because I've experienced it before, but I haven't had to experience it in that setting, I guess in the academia before. And that was my okay. first time really experiencing academia. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the fuck is this? How the hell do I get through? Oh God. But you know, that was something. Um, like how do we get to education? Um, uh, we, we were talking, this is your background. So you say you <laughs> took a, a poli-sci class that kind of uh, motivated you to to change course from being a lawyer to becoming a musician. Yeah, yeah. and so philosophy, I had this conversation with my, my professor. He was like, yeah, philosophy is great for it if you want to be a lawyer. And I was like, okay. Bet. I'll just become, I'll be a philosophy major and I'll study law. Because um, I, I guess in law, and and the philosophy major curriculum, there's like this um, course called Logic, and Logic is actually on the LSAT. Mm-hmm. So that's supposed to, I'm like, okay, great. If I, have, if I do this Logic class, I'd probably be, you know, really good in Logic, blah, this and that. And I was like, passive philosophy. I was getting A, it was great. Um, and I was also studying Chinese. So I went from lawyer to like thinking maybe I want to be in the UN. That was all there, but I still was always singing in my dorm. I still was always like practicing my voice. Um, uh, I was like joining choirs here and there, 
Um, when I transferred to Brandeis, uh, I still was like, you know, doing things with my voice and singing and stuff like that. Um, and then I saw so like, it really got to a point where I was like, man, maybe I should be a singer. So like how I got deterred from being a lawyer was because, so I went to Brandeis. Um, and there's something with Nikki too. So Nikki, like, I, I don't know if any, the viewers know, but the last interviewer or the person that she interviewed is my sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but she was also like going, you know, she was, I think she was in law school at this point. But Nikki had this, uh, uh, what's the word? Drive. <laughs> yeah. Like she had this drive and she was passionate about it. Mm. And it wasn't only for reputation. It wasn't for reputation. You didn't see that. It was very genuine. Also like her, her background in getting into it. It made sense. Uh, me knowing like what she had to go through to get there and, or what she experienced that motivated her to get there, you know, that, that pushed her there. It yeah. all made sense. And, um, I was like, you know, I'm here doing my studying, you know, take my courses and stuff like that. And I'm at this school, which is like, you know, Brandeis School of Social Justice, blah, 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 blah. Um, well, that's what they like, you know, they promote. Um, right. And there's a lot of people who are like trying to be lawyers. It's like, okay, well, I'll try and be lawyers. And I mean, this is also to say that, you know, it's now 2011 or 12 and it's everyone is starting to be a lawyer. There's way more people in schools. You know, it's kind of, you can tell that it's going to be saturated. Um, but there was something, there was something where I was like seeing people at my school just doing it for reputation and not doing it because they want to help people. And Nikki was definitely doing it because she wanted to help people. Like you could see it. She was like, I have this drive to help to yeah. change. Her reasons um, were pretty she, virtuous. Yeah. And so, and I mean, maybe that's just because of our upbringing, you know, uh, but I was at the school with a whole bunch of rich kids and it looked like I need to do this to make money. Okay. I need to do this to work at the biggest firm. And I, you know, and not saying that everyone, that was everyone's, um, uh, that was everyone's goal, but that unfortunately seemed like majority of the people <laughs> at that school. And I had to really question, like, check with myself. Hey, why do you, why do you want to be a lawyer? Do you just want to be a lawyer so you can make a big check? And, or do you want to be a lawyer because you want to really help people? And then find if money comes, money comes. But your goal really is to help people because that's what you're passionate for. And I am definitely passionate about helping people. But I'm also not trying to uh, bullshit my way through. And, you know, I think just with, and, you know, with law and everything, just if, you're, if, if you are, if, you're, if your profession is to like legit help people where you're like with their lives, you really have to be in it. And True. so I had to like, because I, you know, I, I, I know like if I'm not in it, if I don't really have the drive for it, I will bullshit. And um, yeah, I probably will, probably would be okay, but it still won't be the best. And it's because I'm not putting my best in it. So I really have to like question. There's also, I think, that part with some of these kids, too, is that, um, you know, if their parents are pushing them to do this thing, you know, maybe their hearts aren't in it, but they don't have, you know, they feel like they have to be. So they got to find some kind of good in it. And uh, it's like really easy to look at, you know, a job like a lawyer and say, like, well, the money should be good. You know, if I can get that, if I can get that job that my dad wants me to get, you know, that corporate gig, you know. My dad, my dad was like, my dad didn't want me to be a lawyer because he was like, why do you want to be a lawyer? We already have one. And I was like, 
we already have one. <laughs> yeah, like like collecting a set of, of useful people. Is that the idea? It was like, we have an engineer, my brother, and then he was like, oh, we have we have a, Should you know, have, we have a lawyer. Could have had the whole crew. He's, no, my dad was like, you need to be a pharmacist. I was like, actually, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. Uh, but, it, you know, it's it was kind of annoying because I'm like, damn, I really like singing, right? And I like performing and, I like did this one um, one-off show at Brandeis in my school, and a lot of people were like wild by it. By it, and I was like, "Oh man, you know, this is my first time doing a show, and people really liked it, and that's just cool." I'm like, "Okay, maybe I should really do this." That was your first live show. It was my first. I don't know. Want to call it like live? Yeah, I guess. It, but it was at school, and um, yeah, it was my first time like really out there performing by myself, and. Um, did you feel that right away? Like feel that, that, mm, that amp, you know, that excitement out there? Yes. I did. I did. I'm also like, I remember like, it was, it was so, I'm like always nervous when before I perform. Like it's something I just were always, I don't know if it's ever going to go away, but um, it's just always these nerves that I get and I really have to like channel it and I am I'm just and it's legit me like channeling those nerves as I perform but I don't really think about channeling them I know I am but it's like I don't know I I want to say it's, it sounds so cliche but something takes over me <laughs> but um where do you think the nerves come from what's the like why <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Um, I do know, like, for the longest time, I've always, and maybe even still today, it's always been, oh, Edmund's not that good, or Edmund, I don't know why he's doing music or probably now. And so, oh, that imposter syndrome shit, yeah. Oh, it's been people like Lydia telling me have told me, <laughs> or you can like hear them. And so sometimes, and I guess that's what it is. Like you remember those like those comments. You're like, oh fuck. Like unfortunately, I'm always it's I've always I've been in positions where I've known people to dislike my art or dislike me for whatever. And so I'm always aware I, I always feel like oh I, I and which I, I'm getting better now but it's always like I think people sometimes want to see me fail and see me do good um but mm. yeah which is some people are like that yeah some people are like that they're just sh shitty people and they want everybody to be you know down down with them you know they see you doing yeah. something you love and it pisses them off you know yeah I think it's that was just when I was young and I was like starting and it is really hard when you're just starting and you're not really, but I think it's hard for people to like give you the best criticism because they're comparing you to like mainstream artists or whatever. Yeah. Like that. So that's the fucked up part, right? Cause you're getting compared to fucking, uh, geez, I am no, I don't even know who the fuck I'd compare you to. Um, well, I don't know yeah, so like, at the time. I mean, but yeah, anyone in the mainstream. Well, when I first came out, it was really good. Cause now I'm like, okay, great. So, but I don't know, when I first came out, people were, so my voice was so deep. This is the whole thing about like having a deep voice. 
when I first came out, my voice was very deep. I had like voice, voice surgery and stuff like that already. So it was very hard for me because now um, I had to like retrain my voice and it was slowly coming back, but it wasn't there yet. And so like, I was very uncertain about it. So I was really, really nervous in this time. Oh yeah. And okay. the voice changed. Mm-hmm. Well, so this is like college now. So this is after the voice has changed, mm-hmm. but I'm still like trying to hit these notes and stuff like that. And I was doing it, but then it destroyed my voice. And so I wasn't healthy. I wasn't singing healthy. Um, I didn't have healthy technique. And oh, so you were going outside of your range to hit these notes that you wanted to hit. And every it, single time. It's, I mean, it wasn't really my fault. It was because when you're the black dude or whatever, you can't be a bass. You can't be, oh no, you're not a bass. You're a, you're a tenor. You can hit the tenor notes. And I'm like, but I'm not. I'm a I'm a bass. Um, like I'm a bass. Um, but no, I did, and it destroyed me. And I had had actually had voice surgery. Um, well, the first time it was like polyp, and it went down and stuff like that. But I later had to have voice surgery, and I had to like retrain my voice. Did you um, really pushed it? Holy shit! Man, I know it was it was something. Um, that's why I tell people all the time, technique is very important. Um, but I'm just thankful. Clearly, God has had a, like, you know, he's made a way because I, there was a point where I was like, fine, you know what, let me just do acting. Let me just do acting. I'm like, fine, I'm animated. Fine. Everyone says I'm animated. <laughs> what does that mean? Whatever. Let me just do theater. I like theater. I took some theater courses at Brandeis. And they were pretty cool. Um, and so I joined this apprenticeship um, or like this program, this theater program. And it was pretty cool, um, but it was all white. And, you know, it was in Boston and, you know, they were my races. They didn't even know they were races and I didn't have time. Um, <laughs> oh, can I get an I example? Just, just one example. That's just one. I just want to hear what, the, what they did. <laughs> oh. There's many, but this one that annoyed the fuck out of me. When they, so we applied for this program. The program is saying, oh, it's in Boston. I audition and stuff like that. Hey, so it's going to be actually in Wellesley. Okay, fine. Would you be able to commute and get there? Yeah, no problem. I'll be able to do that. Cool. So my issue came when I was like saying, hey, I got to work and stuff like that, you know, because... You know, I have to make money and this is actually kind of, it's not in Boston, you know, this is actually going to be very difficult for me to come, you know, come right, back, yeah. go back and forth. So there were times when I didn't have any courses or whatever. And they were just like, oh, we're just going to have free time. And I'm like, why am I out here? When is this free time? I could just stay out here, like home and work, whatever. Because there were days like I was like legit, I don't know, man, I think about this. Like, I wouldn't like, sleep. I would do the program and then I would go to work. And then the program again, I wouldn't really sleep. I have like an hour of sleep. Damn. Uh, and just for this fucking program, right? And, I, and like, you know, am I rich? No. Um, but I'm going to say that I, I got something really great out of it that helped me to be where I am today. Um, but yeah, and there was a point where they were like, it seems like, and I already paid. That's like, we're going to have to probably take you out of this program if you're not able to meet those classes. And I'm like, for they're the not free time. Though. 
I'm like, they're not motherfucking classes though. And and I was the only black person there. I'm like, you're really gonna take, kick out the only black person in your motherfucking program because <laughs> they're having difficulties. Pay, like, you know, coming back and forth from the fucking Boston where you guys were supposed to be. Like, but you guys decided to move to fucking Wellesley. How many black, you know? And that's that shit. I mean, man. Let <laughs> up. It's just, it's just so annoying. Cause you think about it, you're like, fuck. Like, when you are going through the experience, or and that's that's probably why this whole year has been, or like 2020 going into this year has definitely been. Nah, you got to call it out. You got to call it out, and you got to be real. You got to be real in your truth. Um, but because for the longest time, I've just allowed it to just okay, it is what it is. Forgetting that these mother these privileged motherfuckers have this has not been, you know. This has never been like this. It, like a lot of them were either rich, had money, shit like that. Like I legit am the only black person. I'm probably the oldest. I'm the only black person there. And you're about to kick me out. Yeah. Cause you know I don't have any, I don't have any assistance like they do. Right. You know, yeah. they don't have them, this don't, is their only responsibility. And they're man. wondering, like, how come it's not your only responsibility? They can't. Some of them live down the street in Wellesley. Like, oh, y'all live yeah. down the street. I went to Wellesley. I'm like, okay, that's great. Have cars, BM. Like, just, I would have to walk from the train station up a, up a mountain, past the motherfucking wasp and fucking bees, almost destroying me and shit, and then go, and then leave at nighttime, past the raccoons and the stuff like that to get to the train station. That shit was terrible. Anyway. Yeah, tell them to come, hey, why don't we come down, why don't we before downtown Boston train station at 11 o'clock at night, since everybody wants to do this free time thing, let's do it there. Come on, come on down. (laughs) See how many people show up. It was was terrible. Um, But I'm glad because that helped me kind of perform Hmm. better. Um, And also, also, I was able to meet um, my voice teacher who was cool and he was cheap and he heard me sing. He was like, like he would like help us like sing. And I remember like we did this like one exercise and I was like, wow, my voice has never been so free before on, cause this was like after I like really did the surgery and it was like getting there. And so I did, I like, I was like, I hit him up on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I know your voice teaching, you're probably really expensive. If I wasn't mad, is it possible for you to like, you know, give me a discount, like a class with a discounted rate? And he was like, oh, I got you, you know? So he was like, and he, he could have charged me like a hundred, you know, an hour or whatever, but oh, he was wow, so nice. Good. He was like, yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's talented. Um, his name is Paul. And um, yeah, he was like, you can just pay me, pay me $30. Damn. So, so that was, yeah. So, and Man, when I had my first class, it was so frustrating because I could tell how unhealthy my voice was. And he could tell how unhealthy it was. And he was like, no. And he was like, <laughs> no. like no, 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 no. No, you're just doing this all wrong. And sometimes he would get frustrated because he's like, okay, my, I, like, are you practicing? He's like, we need to have more classes. Like, we, can't, we need to have more lessons. So I would like try to get more lessons in um, with him. But I was, so I was like legit working with him. 20, 20, 2014 to 15, 16, 
17. Yeah, 27 and 18. Yeah, 2018 to 2018. Four years with one coach? Yeah. The longest, and it was the healthiest. And I was like, man, like, he's, and he gave me the tools where I can now do my own, uh, like, you know, like I know when to like, okay, the technique and stuff like that. And of course, I'm not, uh, what's the word? Uh, I'm not the best, uh, for lack of a better term, but I am better, way better. And uh, even from like the speaking voice, you know, and so that I, if I did not do that program, that terrible ass race for that motherfucking program, I would not have met him. So I'm glad to have met him because if I did not meet him, I don't think, I mean, I know God has a way, so I would have got here regardless. But I, I don't think I would have been, you know, he definitely was a, a, a way. He definitely helped me uh, better. My he was he was able he was he was able to help me um, enhance my voice, so I was able so I could be able to you know uh, move up in my career. Right, right place, right times. Definitely, um, and so. Um, but yeah, when I first came on my first album, they thought I was a rapper because um, <laughs> my voice was so deep. So and was so, your, your first, uh, the first album you did though. So at some point you just, you said you're done with school before you pursue the the first album? I'm done with school. Yep. I've done, I've already had two jobs. I got this awesome job at Tops. That was paying me a good amount of money. So it was due for money towards like I'm just gonna come up with an album or EP, and I remember people were like, "Shout out to my family, I love them." But back then they were like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm just gonna be a singer." <laughs> so yeah, I, okay. actually, I don't think I told them I was just doing it, and um, I I came up with this EP called No Smoking. And I, I allowed my sister to listen to it, my brother, and they're like, oh, wow, this sounds really good. And I was like, I know motherfuckers, but I'm kidding. Um, um, they were like, wow, this is really good. Oh, my goodness. And they were like playing it by, by themselves. Who did and, your music? Okay, so my bandmates now. Oh, so you got back, the band together at this point. Back then, they were my band. Back then, they were like my producers, who I just paid. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, they're still my producers now, but they were just a band. Um, but back then, they were just um, they were just my producers, and I was just paying them. And so I would go there because that was the studio. I was like looking for studios to like record here, and then I needed like a cheap spot or whatever. And I went there, and um, they were like the only people who, because I was also going through. I I was very insecure about my voice, and it's crazy how insecure I was, but it made so much sense because when you're not singing as much and you don't really have your voice yet, you don't really know like your own sound. And yeah, you don't know. You've also, you've also went through, yeah, you've also went through voice, you know, voice surgery and yeah, you're going through voice lessons, which, you know, you sound okay, but you're like, you know, it's, it's not reliable and stuff like that. Um, they were the ones that like, oh no, we like your deep voice. And no one has ever said that to me. It's always like, you know, you have to be 
You have to be high. You have to sing like a soprano. Now you can sing whatever. But back then you had to be like, oh, you have to be whatever. And so like I was like, fine, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing with a motherfucking bass voice. Um, I even had a song called Bass Line. Um <laughs> on that. I made I wrote a song called Bass. Yeah, I wrote a song called Bass Line and um it was this bass that got, like this girl, this guy legit had his bass voice where girls, you know, were ca- were calling over him because his his voice was so deep and they loved it. And I was like, yeah, because in actual in actuality, my deep voice. I mean, the industry was like telling, or not even the industry really, like people just saying, hey, you're not gonna make it because your your voice is too deep. It's not commercial enough or whatever. Now, whatever, whatever does what the hell does commercial mean? But that was what I kind of had to deal with. So I made that song and people love that song too. Um, but yeah, like, so I made No Smoking. It was really like, here you go. Here's No Smoking. And here's my name is Ed Balloon. And damn. And so I'm not going to say it took off, but from that, I was able to, <laughs> from that, I was able to like, you know, do, I have my first show in New York City. Um, How did you, um, Sorry, how did you distribute it? Like, what was uh, what was your method for for doing that? Like, you had to go create it. You got your feedback, and people are like, "This is yes. good," you know. Yes, like, I, right. I um, I put it out on whether it was good or not. It was good to me, so I was gonna put it out. I definitely was still sending it to friends and stuff. I'm like, hey, how do you feel about this song? And they're like, oh my gosh, it's good. It's you know. So, um, but what I did was I put it out on there was this uh, you had these platforms that they still exist. But they were way bigger back then. You would just put your, um, yeah, you would like pay a bit to get your music, and you like pay a bit like one a one time fee or maybe monthly to get you. Actually, mine was monthly, and that's why they took it down. But <laughs> um, I forgot. Um, but yeah, you pay pay a small fee monthly, and then they just keep it on like Spotify and all these um uh streaming sites. Okay, so there's a distribution network that they're a part of and they spread it out for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do a similar thing with podcasts too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way now, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I thought a free one because uh, if, if nobody watches it, it's basically free. So that's super important. <laughs> well, now that's good. Mm-hmm. But watch, you're going to stop paying because people are going to start watching. Yeah, well, I'll have a, you know, have better problems, right? That's the goal. Indeed. So distribution, so it starts taking off and like, did you have an expectation going into that of what was going to happen with it? Or Yeah, I thought I was going to be famous. <laughs> okay, um, so you were already up here with it. <laughs> yeah, and I had the, like shows and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, it's almost there. But God definitely humbled me. Um, and uh, I, I wasn't famous. or I mean, I, I, what else? I don't know what famous means, but I definitely was making a voice myself. Like, I'm way bigger than I was back then. Um, you know, I have way more followers. Um, well, the music's evolved, too. Yeah. Uh, my music definitely has evolved. Um, I'm definitely, I don't know. I, I, I'm still writing. I'm def, I'm challenging myself with every project we do. Um, 
every song we make. Um, I now have a, a band. Um, we were a band back then, but now we're really a band. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm in LA. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it so, definitely has been a process. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's go to distribution. You start doing some live shows, uh, or people are asking you to, to do them. You're doing them. And at some point you're like, time to, to fuck off to LA <laughs> to, and that's to, to push it further. I, I, I did not want to come here. I did not want to come to LA. All right. Um, but that's it. Like, you know, and I don't know if it's just me, maybe cause I don't know, but being in Boston, I definitely saw that there was a cap and it was also like clickish for no reason. And I think that's just, that's just the world, honestly. Like we, my band and I, we just don't fit into, um, uh, we don't fit into categories or boxes. Um, not trying to offend anyone else, but it's also very difficult for people to like, wanna fuck with us. And it, messes up with us like you know getting opportunities to perform and it was doing that in boston i noticed one time we were like nominated for like best live performance and yet we weren't even given the platform to perform live like we're the best well like one of the nominees nominees for best live performance but we're not giving this platform to like perform in front of everybody you know so, the way that the, the promoters work with all the the places that you can perform yeah on, like these award or like these like little indie award shows um, in Boston. And I'm like, okay, great. So when I given this platform to perform live, yeah, what best live performance? What was your purpose? You know, just to put someone in there. And I think that annoyed me because I'm always like, okay, I don't care if I don't win anything or whatever, but I really want the opportunity to perform in front of people. Um, Cause that's when I really feel like the art comes alive. Um, don't get me wrong, I love listening to my music, whatever, but I am also a performer and I love, and I really put my all into performing. And um, I'm just like, okay, you can't just put me on best. Because what I noticed was like a good amount of people that were in that category were on that stage performing. Meanwhile, I was also in that category, my band and I were also in that category and we didn't perform. So I'm like, okay, what is this? Yeah. Um, yeah, that feels a little off. You're yeah, so it, it definitely. It de and it was also just like this whole thing of just like, you know, we were like different, you know, here we are, you have this black dude and it's like alternative R&B or whatever, right? And then you, we're not, we don't fall into the generic hip hop or the generic pop or the indie pop or whatever that you can really put a name on. And so, that's happening and i'm like okay so we're just gonna wait around i mean so i mean yeah so that's what happened like what really happened was one of the band members was like yo we should go to la and i was like no we shouldn't um <laughs> <laughs> i was really like i love new york so i would want i want to go to new york like since day motherfucking one um but and I didn't know that I wasn't really um, hip to, uh, 
you know, the industry really being in LA, I just thought, you know, the industry was like maybe in New York in LA. Um, being in LA, I know that the industry is here. Um, but yeah, they were like, go to, let's move to LA. And I, they said that once and I was like, no. And so it went away and then it came back. And I was like, and I knew when it came back, it was God telling me I should go. But I was like, nah, I was legit fighting it. So what I was doing was like asking everyone, I was like, hey, should I go to LA? Um, and people were like, you need to go to LA. And I was like, damn. And <laughs> I was going to church and my pastor was saying these sermons and they were like consistent and they're like, just do it. And it was like at the end of each sermon, it, the voice was like, just do it. The whole ass you know universe what? was just telling you, get your ass out. It, God was like, you got to go. And I was like, man. And I was like, yeah, I do. I really do got to go. And so I, I went and it was hard. It's still hard being here, but being here has definitely changed, um, has given has given Ed Balloon so much more momentum. And like we was we came here in the same year or the well, so we weren't even here for like a year. So like in that same year that we got here, we were offered to be on a tour, um, uh, a nationwide tour. Uh, which is something that we all dreamed for. Um, unfortunately, the pandemic happened, and so oh, yeah. And that, yeah, and so that would have been that was that was that was, was a killer for us. But that's still got to be. Hopefully, that's still there. You know, after this. Um, yeah, it, it, it looks like it's gonna be on the fall, but people are dying also, to get out. They're dying to get out. They want to see everything and anything that they possibly can. Yeah, I, we just had a lot of other shows that we put together that like we made our own tour and I'm not sure if we're going to get all those other shows back but we'll see um, I don't know but that definitely was like the killer for me because like oh my gosh you know it was like perfect the Easter like it was like the schedule was so great like we had I was going to be in Boston like um, the day before Easter and then I was going to be Easter so I could spend it with the family and then we're going to be in New York I was like really gonna be, and I just really want to explain like being on tour and what the hell that like what how that felt. Um, but you know, hey, should happen, right? Um, but yeah, like being in LA, though, I've definitely, I've definitely have come across people, um, other creatives, and um, it's only increased the grind. I think in Boston, you definitely have artists there. Um, but there is this uh this issue of like oh if you're creative you're not doing something so you have to which doesn't really exist in LA if you're creative you are doing something yeah and, different different mentality yeah yeah um there is this thing though where like on the East Coast like New York is why I love New York so much is like if you are creative people still you know fuck with you and they respect you um LA people respect you too but there's everyone's a creative the issue that in L like the issue or the difference um, in LA is that you can't, um, you can't like come across as hungry. Sometimes you have to, uh, you have to kind of act as if everything's fine. Oh, and different game. Yeah, and in New York, you see the hunger in people's faces. You see the East Coast. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm starving. But you know, it's gonna happen. 
And in LA, the grind is kind of different. You can't be as aggressive. Um, so I'm learning that, but I'm also still very East Coast. So, mm. well, I mean, yeah, I got some duality going on there. <laughs> Definitely. But I guess it's, uh, but also it's like, I mean, you got to be getting pretty good at selling yourself. You have to at least be getting better at selling yourself, you know, and selling your, your band, your ideas, you know, what you're, what you're doing. Because, I mean, that's a big part of it, right? Yeah, but this, the industry is changing every day. And honestly, it's honestly annoying because before that used to be it. Like, oh, yeah, you can sell yourself. Now it's like if you have money under you, like if you have a platform already, all right, if you're like, say if you're a son of someone who's big, you don't have to sell. You can just put money into someone and then the algorithms do it themselves or the platforms that you know that you're putting your name on doing themselves or whoever you're putting whoever you you're giving money to to help you to help push you they're doing that themselves so it's not really as organic as people think it is which is unfortunate um but yeah i mean without lack of funds i mean i'm i mean i think there's a lot of people in the same spot where they you know they don't have tons of money to pour into marketing for themselves yeah, so it's yeah. like you kind of. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Okay, you're definitely allowed I've to. I've been doing that all this whole time. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> I talked a lot. It's okay. But yeah, I but, think um, there's a lot of people doing, uh, you know, doing marketing, and they're trying to figure out, you know, all these unique, crazy ways to to get their name out there, you know, because especially if you believe you have a good product that people are going to want to consume, they're going to want to, you know, they just get a little taste of it, they're going to, you know, grab onto it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think that's exactly what I, I, I'm definitely for that. Like, I, that's what I believe. I'm also just like, I've been telling myself that God has definitely brought me here and I, I just need to make it. That's just, it just has to happen. And it's, it's hard, but I've been way more optimistic about it. Um, even with everything. And I know I definitely had my days. I think last week I was like, nah, I don't know God, but, um, um, I'm definitely finding other ways to try to make things work. And yes, you have to just be creative. And I mean, not only being creative as like a creative, like making the art, but you have to be creative in how you want to display your art. Like how, what is going to be a creative way to present it to people. Um, so that's also a way to think of it. It can be exhausting though, because as yeah. an artist, you just want to make the art. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, let me just make the art. Just listen go. to it, you idiot. It's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's it's something. It's definitely um it's, it's uh, two businesses in one. It's your you have to make all this art, and then you also have to get out there in all these different ways, which if you were you could, for every individual way you can think of to distribute your, your art. There's a person making millions of dollars a year to do that specific job because it's so difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild how how specific things can get, you know, in marketing. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just like, Lord, let me make it so this is not a, a issue for me. Period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the nice part about it, if you guys get you know the tour dates, you know, if you can book those yourself and get out there, and it's like the it's a nice organic way of doing it. Yeah. You can you can do it while you can do it in a pleasurable way. Like you love to perform and uh, you just get to go out there and do it, you know? 
and people talk yeah, and people I, love to buy the new, you know, they want, everybody wants to buy the next big art, you know, the next, you're like, yeah, oh, you, you haven't heard about this band yet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like, I definitely know, like, and as you get old and you're like, like there's, there was times where like, oh, I need to be like so-and-so, I need to be like so-and-so. And it's really, there is a good thing where you're like, man, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I know I'm good at. I'm going to do this. Or if I need to get better at that, okay, let me try to get better at this. There's ways to like, just being true to yourself, which is what I, I couldn't see maybe like five years ago. I knew I was like, okay, I got to be like so-and-so. And God was like, you, you're yourself. You need to be yourself. So what can you do? And um, I'm definitely at the point where I'm like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. But also not killing myself where I'm like, okay, I'm not so-and-so and I'm not this and that and whatever. And um, it's cool. It's, it's cool to like, at least if anything, be more sure of yourself as an artist. Uh, granted, of course, it is very difficult when you're like, oh man, people aren't listening or uh, it's hard out here to really get you, to get yourself on platforms. Still yeah. knowing who you are as an artist is really good. Um, that's one feeling that you don't ever want, that you don't want them to have, that you that you want to keep. Um, because sometimes you have artists who have made it, but they're not genuine to themselves. And so, yeah, they've made it, but the art isn't what they like to do. And so either they like, you know, they go through this whole dark, like, you know, this, this thing where they're like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. This is not who I am. This is art, but it's not my, you know, it's not my art I didn't make. This is not who I am. Or you have those artists who are, you know, the goal is like to, to make it and to have this platform where you're like genuine to your art and you don't have to change anything because it's who you are from day one. This is who, who this is who you have been from day one. So that is our goal to like stay, you know, we're way more, we're way, way more sure of ourselves. Um, I guess that comes with, you know, the older you get, the, you know, you know, the wiser oh, um set in the ways i ain't that wise though um but uh yeah man i i i i can say that i'm more sure of myself as an artist of course there's way more uh i have to learn more things of course but i am i'm good i like yeah. i'm like okay i no, it's, it's more so just like okay i okay i see i see where see what's going on here see what's going on here i can yeah. i definitely there's no way like i i know i still need to learn a whole bunch more um i'm not gonna say like oh yeah i know everything i don't um i don't think i know i but i know i'm i, I know a good amount right now that i did not know five years ago or six years ago or whatever which is like okay there's some progress there yeah no, that's um, always good you can look back a little while and see progress I mean, that's what it's all yeah, about. It's going to be there's definitely been a lot of progress. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. And uh, like, I remember, like, it's funny. Like, uh, usually when someone's like, "Oh, you want to hear this this song or whatever I did, or my so and so does a whatever," and I'm, it's like, okay. And it's like usually like this, like you know, it's, it's a lot of it's garbage. A lot of stuff people make is garbage, right? And, yeah. Uh, I remember Nicole was telling me what her family did. She's like, oh, and you know. My brother Eddie's a musician in LA, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" Oh and then she's like, uh, "Do you want to hear one of his songs?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay, I guess." <laughs> oh God, yeah, I um, know that's the whole. But we started listening. I'm like, "Damn!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I... that's great. Actually, that's happened to me a couple of times. I've had some people who 
Did anybody like like me? I'm sorry, this is dark over here. Um, okay, better. Um, and but they're like, you know, they were like cool with me, but they didn't want like they didn't really like fuck with me like that. And so like like I would have a friend play, not like because I wanted them to, but they would like play a song or like oh Eddie dropped an album. They're like okay, really? Yeah. And they're like you want to <laughs> listen to it? And they're like. No, yeah, <laughs> but they played anyway. You're like, no, listen to it, and then they're like, oh wow, this is actually not that bad. That and so, it's 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 cool because it's like, oh shoot, like if someone even if they don't like you, if they're like, if it's a good song, it's like, okay, it's a good song, and so, um, or if they like it, they like it, you know. Yeah, it's like um, when someone's like, oh my my son's an actor. Oh, that's great for you, sweetheart. Who is he? <laughs> uh, maybe you know, but it's uh, Al Pacino or. <laughs> <laughs> Like, um, thank you, thank you for listening. I appreciate you liking the music. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, I was surprised too. I like we heard one song at our at our house, and I, the next day, and I was at work, and I, um, you know, I went on and uh, I just found the whole playlist on Spotify, and I just listened through it and just pulled pulled out some of my favorites there. And uh, you know, they're still in they're still in my playlist today. And I have to, I'm not allowed to listen to them around Nicole, but they're there. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Well, shout out to family um, advertising their, their brother, who's an artist. So that's what she says. Gotta, gotta, uh, what's the, hold on, what's the word? Gotta lift this rise and tides, gotta lift all the sales, you know? <laughs> I looked yeah. all the boats. Tides don't love sales. How the fuck does that go? Oh, no, I, I never heard that. I was just laughing because it sounded awkward. And I was like, okay, this is an awkward moment. Let me laugh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I guess that was appropriate. Uh, <laughs> so, upcoming plans is this bootleg tour you're trying to get off the ground? <laughs> yeah, the tour, man. I don't know. The tour is an upcoming um yeah and i don't know i'm just i'm also just thinking about different ways to be creative and so i don't know what i really mean um we got your music videos and the um the claymation stuff that you were doing it was funny yeah i'd be the puppet yeah. yeah um that definitely was like a way of me to be able to deal with uh you know racism and, and but through satire and comedy um so i don't know i i I definitely want to still play with Ed Be the Puppet more and stuff like that. Um, but I'm just leaving it to God's hands. I'm not really good at like talking. I know a lot of people love to talk um, before things actually are like happening. So I'm like, okay, let it happen and then let me talk about it. So I don't know. I'm praying for a lot of things. So I'm like working on a lot of things, but I'm just praying for it to like actually happen so I can talk about it. But until then, it's it's silence. Well, okay. At least I mean, at least at least it's there. It's in the holster. You know, if you ever have to pull it out and say, you know, get a message out, you know, a certain way, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, but we are like trying to still figure out ways to like do uh the dollar concerts that we've been doing. The dollar like, concerts. Oh, so we, like the the recording live performances that we do, the like. Uh, you watch it and then you retweet it for you retweet it or you um or you well you can retweet it or give or donate a dollar so oh okay so this is like a 
a pro, like you're doing like private shows and just recording a private show basically like in a wherever i mean it's not private we put on like our, our platform like instagram and twitter um just more so like people to get for us to be doing something and for us just to be able to like perform but even though it's recorded um mm-hmm. we just do a recorded performance and then we put it on our uh our instagram and then have people donate a dollar or retweet it just so we can you know still get out there yeah that's pretty creative it's something yeah 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 no that's great so uh let's see i can't think of anything else to ask i just i just ran out my head just ran out so i don't okay. more, i don't have any more questions for you i'm uh, god saying that i succeeded and my interview was better than nikki's <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i, I'm I kidding, can't man. i don't want to offend anybody but i feel like I have my to, interview was have, better than her i feel like i have to have nicole's back right here so unfortunately it is what it is i love her um thank you so much for this awesome opportunity um i appreciate it i like talking yeah no thank you for coming Sometimes. on and, uh, like i was like i said i only had the clip notes before so it was like it was really awesome to hear the whole story i don't know if i gave you the whole story i think i was ranting i mean going through fuck i like i was just going in circles and just going you know but kind of, well, i appreciate like a, you giving appreciate you giving me the space yeah, it's like an MC Escher. It's like an Escher painting, you know, where it's just kind of, you know, stairs going upside down and this ways and that ways. But <laughs> but you get the picture, right? When you step back and look at it, you're like, I, I see what's all right. I see what's going on here, you know. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> that was um, cool, man. I was I was. I'm glad to hear it. I think other people are going to be glad, excited to hear it too, because it's a it's a cool, you know, it's a real story. Definitely is real. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to hearing. It. Well, I, I don't like listening to, listening to myself, but um, yeah. Okay, good, because I'm going to edit the hell out of this thing and make you sound like a horrible person. I hope that's okay. As long as you can keep that, I don't like racist. Um, in in the in the, in the recording, we're good. I'll think about it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so let everybody know where they can find you, where they can contact you, and where they can buy things from you because artists need money, people. It's not free. Yeah. Um, so you can buy buy our latest project called I Hate It Here. Um, again, my name is Ed Balloon. Well, I, my name, my band. This is so kind of confusing. Okay. I am Ed, and I am the singer, lead singer of Ed Balloon. Um, which is the band that I'm in. Um, and you can buy our music, our latest project, which is called I Hate It Here, is on Bandcamp. Um, so you can go on Bandcamp and buy um, our music there. You also can listen to our music on, um, on popular streaming sites. All the streaming sites, actually, but if you, you most likely you, most people have, you know, the typical Apple Tunes, um, um, Apple Music, I mean, or Spotify. So we're also on there. Um, again, we are Ed Balloon. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it. Okay, so we're going to play a track after this. Uh, do you want to pick the track or you want me to pick the track? Um, you, you, pro- the track. you probably don't want, you want to pick the track? You can pick the track. Okay. I like, because I... 
like because Mayday is my favorite, so that's kind of what I want to play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard Mayday in the longest time. Okay, oh, man. All right, so that's what's gonna that's what's gonna appear at the uh, the, the end of this this audio. All right. Well, thank so, y'all. Hopefully, it's playing right now. In the future. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Um, appreciate you too. Take it easy. You too. All right. Bye. See you. I'm going to say bye. See you later. Oh, I'll see you later. Yeah. Shout out to you for always holding it down for me. I'm sure I've been difficult. You're gonna say you ugly. Life has been trolling me. You're stubborn bows at me. Breaking it hard to see. Sending bad energy. I'm putting these forces on me. I can describe when I need you to call me, call me. You be quick to call me, call me. Pass along, sorry, sorry. But it's good to know that you are always available. Always a credible source of life.